Inside Empires of the Future, talking about sex differences, gender oh, differences, <laughs> and all the rest. I really talk about the election because I feel more comfortable uh, talking about well, that topic. This is like outside my yes. my circle. <laughs> it is outside of both of our specialties. Um, a part of I think what everybody has to deal with today. In, all kinds of information thrown at us, and we all sort through it as best we can, so we're going to do the best we can. Sure. With this, uh, this is uh, a summary. This article uh, that we're talking about is a summary of a book, uh, somewhat technical. Uh, neither of us is a biologist or a zoologist. Um, so, uh, the title of the article is The Real Causes of Human Sex Differences by David C. Geary who is a specialist in this field, uh, looking at... Uh, I, I've listened to a couple of his um, discussions on YouTube uh, talking about... Um, he studied animals for uh, years and years, something, you know, uh, decades, and uh, looked at sex differences in animals. Uh, he compares that to uh, sex differences in humans, uh, says there's certainly comparisons that can be made. Um, so there are a couple of notes that I wanted uh, to start with that uh, this is physical science. His findings are based on data. Yes, he does draw conclusions, so sure. we want to try to be clear about that. Um, we'll try to re reference uh, where it seems needed uh, his, his references, but, you know, look, this is an article that's on the Internet. Uh, he has many, many, many references, uh, and so feel free to check that out, follow up as much as you would like to. Um, and the other thing that I think is funny about this is that we engage in a topic that is uncommon for Christians, mm -hmm. and that is noticing similarities between humans and animals. Sure. And I, for me, I, I kind of go, it doesn't have to be uncommon for Christians. Right. Uh, we don't have to be intimidated mm -hmm. by the fact that God made Humans who have something in common right. with animals. Yeah, uh, we are mammals. Yes, and uh, and <laughs> we don't lay eggs. We in fact <laughs> share some hormones and, and other things that are very yes. interesting to compare and consider. Um, you know, look, he this this guy David C. Curry is an evolutionary biologist, and so we're not. Uh, right. We don't subscribe to the theory of evolution, but just because of that doesn't mean we can't notice similarities sure. between animals and humans and then draw conclusions based upon them. Which is kind of cool that, you know, Francis Collins, who heads the GM part, is a Christian. Right. And uh, in one of his books, and I can't remember the title right now off the top of my head, but if you Google Francis Collins and, or went to Amazon, you've seen probably a few of his books, but um, he does believe in evolution, but he's a scientist. He does mm -hmm. believe in Christ and believes in the Bible and... Uh, Though I disagree with some of his conclusions and things like that, but he is a, a believer. He's a scientist. He's tr he's comparing, you know, God's in, God's print on animal kingdom and humanity and you know, the similarities right. and things like that. So he sees that as a positive thing. It's showing the existence of God. So right, and I, and I guess to um, uh, just be clear, the language for of me, God, language of God is the name of the book. So oh, okay, language of God, yeah. Uh, to be clear for me about where I draw the line is, uh, I think microevolution is a thing. I think there is change over time. Uh, our, sure. our bodies, uh, the bodies of animals are amazing in adapting to their environment. Uh, macroevolution, the immediate or dramatic change uh, across species, I, I don't 
I don't believe in that. I don't think right. that happens. Uh, and so, and there, there are a lot of positions right. on this, obviously. Right. Controversial and involved, uh, complicated topic involves, uh, involves some physical science, involves some philosophy. We're going to stay pretty grounded in physical science in this article. Right. I mean, what this guy did, uh, honestly, if you watch some of the lectures of his that are on uh, YouTube, uh, he, he brings up many, many, many different species of animals and and draws conclusions based upon how they nest, how they mate, sure. and 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 so if if your interest is in more of that, then uh, there's more of that out there. But he makes a pretty quick comparison, you know, between what you're seeing in uh, the animal world and things that are directly in common in the human world. Yeah, I do like how you you mentioned that about evolution. You know, when, if people say, "Are you for or against evolution?" You know, you always have to ask the question, well, what do you mean by evolution, sure, right? But sure. I think too often Christians are fighting battles that they don't need to be fighting because actually microevolution is a thing. Um, there's a reason why certain people who live in certain parts of the world are darker skinned than others. There's a reason why Scandinavians are light skinned and those who live in southern hemisphere are darker skinned because of exposure to the sun and, and that type of thing over time. That is microevolution. Uh, so therefore... Um, you know, we have to we have to be careful not to fight battles that are clearly we are not in disagreeing with the science world when it comes to certain things. So yeah, but microevolution that you know that the world came into existence through a micro system is something that Christians should be against. Sure. Yeah. Uh, adaptation. Adaptation is is there yeah. uh, in in the animal world as well as in uh, the human world and right. in the plant world. Um, and so here's the big question. Here's the big question that he is, uh, he is addressing and that we are addressing today. Uh, where do sex differences come from? Mm-hmm. Most everyone has agreed that there are biological factors and there are social factors. Sure. Uh, it's a rare person who would say it's only biological or it's only social. Uh, shows my cards pretty quickly. I do think there are plenty uh, who fall more into the social camp today. And, and I think that's a problem. Uh, and, and so we can start by saying there are social and biological factors. He's answering the question, to what degree uh, do they play into how society shapes out? Yeah. And in the future, to what degree will they and should they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, we both were talking before. I was like, well, I don't really know if I feel comfortable talking about this topic per se because I don't understand a lot of the scientific data and things. But we do have children. I have right. two sons, and you have two sons, and I have a daughter. And, you know, it, it's interesting. I don't think, I don't know, as a parent, did I, did I clearly try to set up a social environment that they would pick a certain toy over another sure. or a certain, or they would right. pick a certain color over another or that yeah. they would feel more masculine or feminine based off certain things. And, um, I don't think any, I don't, I don't know of any parent who, in, I think who intentionally tries to do that. You just basically, you know, your, your kid, you put toys in front of them to play with and they typically pick certain toys they like over, uh, sure. over others. You know, uh, our son typically likes to play, um, you know, with his cars and, and, and running them into the wall, right? Sure. Your sons are probably very similar. Our da- my daughter really likes fancy shoes. 
Uh, she likes to wear dresses. She likes her hair to be done. Uh, and like I was saying before, my wife isn't, my wife Lisa isn't overly fancy. She wears mostly scrubs to go to, go to work. Um, and so it seems like children, um, you know, watching television shows and, and, and picking up toys will pick things that they like. And what, what typically happens, girls like girl things and guy, boys like boy things. Right. And um, I think it's, a, it's troubling that um, you have a group of people... Uh, we were talking a little bit about some celebrities as of recently are trying to kind of force this kind of gender neutrality on their kids, sure. letting them pick uh, what gender they want to be. Um, they're the ones that are, I find are are, are, are are like trying to not provide the children just to just to play. It's almost like let's take away anything that's masculine for the boy and only give them give them options or give them uh, whatever they're trying to do. They feel like this assertion to try to give them the the, the freedom to make a choice when normal parents are just letting their kids play and they t- the kids just happen to play right. with certain things. So it's, I find it fascinating that these, these groups of people who are, who are wanting this gender neutrality are the ones that are, are eagerly trying to prevent their children from playing with the toys they want to play with. And, and there's why this is important, something that we uh, wanted to discuss and uh, something that is relevant to everyone because everyone deals uh, with uh, gender as part of our identity. Uh, We all deal with that, but then if you raise children, you are helping them to form their identity, and uh, it is a daily thing, uh, what they're involved in, their interests, uh, sorting that out. And so um, here's the way he, he starts by framing it. He says, the prevailing view in the social and behavioral sciences is that, uh, one, human sex differences are typically small in magnitude. Uh, two, they are largely social in origin. And three, driven by gender roles. Uh, and typically, there, there's a bit of leeway that is given to the idea of certain genetic traits, such as height, uh, bone mass. You hear these types of things typically get spoken about, but that's about it. And so at the moment, if, you, if there's a dial in, in the general culture, uh, and especially as you think of um, celebrity culture that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. The dial is very far on the, uh, this has just been socialized. Right. It is a matter of social conditioning and culture. Therefore, if we just change the culture, we're going to completely reform this. Which is so anti-science, isn't it? What's so weird about this whole thing is that you know, at one point you know, in the modern age, you know, science could do the wrong. Science is the one pushing progress. Let's trust science. They're the, the experts. And now you have this switch back when science provides data. It's like, well, we're going to ignore science and everything is just a social construct. It's like, well, how, well you know, that's, that's, the, that's just the fascinating thing that's going on. It's like you accept science when you want to accept science and then you you kind of say it's a social construct when you know. So there are multiple sciences is the first thing. that mm-hmm. uh, Sociology is the science that is uh, dominating any, anyone who really wants to say it is social factors than sociology. Mm-hmm. The second thing about science is that um, our desire for a lot of our life, I think, is that we want to um, have broad strokes decided fairly easily. Right. And science, that's not even the game of science. Right. Science takes a very, as, as typically a very small hypothesis 
and then tests it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's very inefficient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it tests it a lot and then proves a very small, right. uh, you know, so for instance, uh, how do manta rays mate? And then you observe manta rays, you isolate, you know, a pair of manta rays, and then you run the experiment a whole lot of times when you think you know how it works. Right. And then you know one thing, how do manta rays mate? Right. You know, you... You then inductively, you cannot just inductively go, well, I know now how seahorses and sharks mate, which is what we humans, we're lazy, and we also have limited time. So we always want things to go broader than they do. Right. Um, And so I think there's just some weaknesses that we have. um, And then also, we're not clear thinkers. You know, science... uh, Science does science. There is no such thing as, right. you know, there's a lot of scientists doing a lot of experiments right. and integrating those things is right. enormously challenging. Right. And because you do, you do have different, even though it's interesting because even if you take bio, bio, biologists and you take psychologists and you take sociology, they're all, they're all coming though. A lot of them are coming from the same framework of, you know, microevolution. So they're all kind of working from the same origin story. But macro evolution, yeah, macro, yeah, yeah. Um, the big, big, the big, yeah. yeah. Um, they're all coming from that same yep. origin story, but then they have their own agendas that they're trying to flush out, mm-hmm. you know, within their own disciplines, and that's where you see a lot of conflict within the science world. Because you're right, there is not one science voice, right? And so, but even within each department or, or discipline, you have different voices. But you do see kind of an agenda going on of our agenda is to say that too much of what's going on is socially constructed and you have another group going, no, there's hard bio- biological data that right. says, you know, there's male and female sexes and that's coming through birth, right? Yep. And so regardless if you want to say certain things are social constructs, there is a objective biological reality going right. on that there's a male sex and a female sex. And regardless of what social constructs you put them in, they're still going to be one of those two things. Right. And so um, the only way to do this, honestly, to discuss an article like this uh, is, I don't want to muddy the waters, I don't want to overcomplicate this, but that does bring up that there are uh, two disciplines that do play into this a lot as far as why we entertain certain hypotheses and ideas. Uh, You don't even have to be a refined hypothesis, just an idea. Uh, and then how we come to hold to them and believe them. Uh, and, and the two disciplines are theology mm-hmm. and psychology. Mm-hmm. So that theology is important because, look, you're a moral creature. We're all moral creatures. And mm-hmm. we are all desiring to be self-righteous. We all we don't believe we're right mm-hmm. all the time because it, it would drive you nuts to just – you can't assume you're wrong about everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't do it. It'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll end up just hiding in the corner of a room and even mm-hmm. – you know. Um, and so we all – need to feel that we are right and that's where theology comes in why is that there where did that come from obviously we believe that god uh made us we're made in his image so Mm -hmm. that righteousness morality is is part of a central desire but then uh, psychologically we we desire prior to believing so so for instance you wake up in the morning with desires already in there, which makes you pre-programmed. For instance, uh, some people wake up, want to eat immediately. Mm-hmm. They didn't decide that. Mm-hmm. There, there are elements, yes, you have a body, but beyond that, you have, a, you have a spirit. You have central desires. And so those elements are there 
two and have to be at least mentioned in any kind of discussion of this because that's why this is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, we entertain certain ideas because we want to. Right. And that's huge. Right. All, all things right. that we come to believe have some bearing. Uh, they, they have a course in our life that is uh, in part determined because of our desires right. we want to believe them or not. And that's true of all of us. Right. Uh, and so uh, this is the origin of bias. It's, it's the origin of, of, of many uh, issues that we struggle with. But it's, it makes it clearer to admit these things from the outset um, because, I mean, what this results in is that we all have a philosophy. Scientists have a philosophy right, right. based upon how they come to terms with all of these issues. Right. What do I believe? What am I willing to entertain? And we all have that. So that's why we come to these, uh, why we come to these situations pre-charged with opinions about how it all works. Yeah, and I think, you know, people, we were talking about this last night in our college Bible study, why do why are people hostile to God? And one of the, the answers is is because God presents a standard by which you are forced to live right. out of and people want ultimate freedom. Right. right? Uh, they want freedom and this is a, and this is a is a topic of, of freedom. I want the freedom to choose whatever gender I want to be. Why should I have to be what what I came out of the womb yep. and said I am this, I wanna be whatever I want to be, and if I feel like I am this, then I should be able to say that, regardless of what your Bible says or whatever your God says. Um, I know that my sexual organ is one thing, but I'm not going to be even, I'm not even going to be um, limited by by that. I'm not going to be limited by my biology. And yeah. um, and so I think that is, that is, of course, you know, there's always pendulums, right? There's we lived in ages where, you know, women weren't able to play sports or women weren't able to work as engineers, right? That was when the pendulum was too far one direction. Mm-hmm. And now we've kind of overcorrected it and gone all the way to the other side. And um, now to a point where, you know, boys can't, uh, you know, it's like, well, yeah, he's a boy, but we'll let him figure that out as he gets older. Mm-hmm. It's like, as why well, you're going to raise your child in this sense of like, kind of vague, ambiguity, ambiguous mindset right. with, a, with a kid seems so, like, too far one direction, right? Right, and, and so uh, one more thing foundationally, and then, I, you know, I think we just have to dive into it, is that the stakes are high, and they are not as simple as, well, you need to let people think whatever they want because people are confused, people are stressed, Suicide rates are high among people who have gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Listen, we are aware of that, but sure. it is not so simple. Right. We are all individuals within a community, within a society, and it is not so simple as, well, just let me define myself and it'll all work out okay. No, you can't just be defining yourself and then expecting everyone to constantly get on board with whatever program. Right, sure. It just doesn't work that way right, sure. as far as we can't expect the only thing on other people's minds to be whatever I've decided about myself right. today. Right. Uh, they, everybody's got their own kind of program running. They're all, they've right. got their own uh, life course. Yeah. And we're deciding what's going on in our society right now is we're deciding how to live together in a right. new way. Right. And there are a lot of questions about that. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's, you know, this, this article is very detailed. It's obviously based off a book with more details, right? Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, 
And I think you know these are helpful and good, but I think at the end of the day, people ultimately see this as another person's agenda to try to tell me that their data and science say that I can't have the freedom to choose whatever gender I want for myself or for my children. And, the, and I think the problem, and this, I understand it's not the major topic of this, but the problem we live in, I think, in this world is the sense of like, well, you, I trust myself and I trust no one else. And so therefore, experts in the fields, people who have studied certain, I mean, I don't know if you get frustrated with this, even when you have gone to seminary, right? And you know more than, you, you know more than most people in the church because you've studied it. They still don't particularly trust you. They trust themselves and their own understandings and things. And I think people, people just don't trust anyone that has, even if they have degrees on the end of their name, even if they do all this data and all this well-researched, like, well, that's their agenda, that's their thoughts. I'm not, it, it still restricts my freedom. And so therefore we never ever are able to go beyond (laughs) people's own just this is what I want this is what I think and I don't care what anyone else says sure yeah so I think the solution to that is trust them in their field listen to what they have to say because they've spent their life working in this right, area and right. so trust them in that area yeah. and let them at least give them a day work that... work on integration as you right, go i mean right. it's it's a life goal to integrate yourself right and to integrate everything you've heard and and the things that you believe um so in, in his the last couple of things in his kind of opening are uh, the gender roles explanation of sex differences enjoys wide popularity inside and outside of academia a level of acceptance that qualifies given abundant contradictory evidence as one of McKay's extraordinary popular delusions. Uh, he, he's basically saying, look, we're, we are ignoring evidence. We're ignoring a lot of evidence, and he's going to offer evidence. He says he's going to counter the prevailing theory by analyzing ideas relating to social development, play patterns in boys and girls, uh, thought to result from attitudes of parents, advertisers, and teachers, or other influencers. And he believes it is misguided and ultimately ineffective to guide children to gender-neutral play in an effort to remove all gender roles. Uh, and so there, there are his cards. And, yeah, sure. um, and so there's two main areas then of this article. The first is uh, called gender roles. What do we do with stereotypes of gender roles? Um, mm. Are they describing something that's really there or something that's been programmed? by people over time, and what are gender roles? Gender roles encompass the behaviors, attitudes, social expectations, and social position of men and women in most societies. Uh, Behaviors, attitudes, social expectations, social position. Uh, These involve descriptive and injunctive, and we kind of already mentioned that, that uh, descriptive, you say that what's there, uh, Mm -hmm. typical sex differences, stereotypical sex differences, but injunctive means expectations, and even expectations you might be willing to enforce right. on what should be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't get away from expectations. Uh, it's, it's very strange. I think uh, for whatever reason, we spent some time. Um, morality seemed to be on the back burner. Uh, and morality is on the front of politics as well as, I mean, right now uh, we are seeing uh, social media is loaded with, well, here, here is how you should vote based upon a very straightforward moral calculation. And moral calculations can be complicated, especially in politics. But sure. people, uh, I think what's going on with morality right now is since it's been on the back burner for the average person, they're not, I mean, it's beyond not even schooled in it. There's not a, uh, 
not a clear idea of how to apply morality. That there's a lot going on, especially in politics related mm-hmm. to morality. Um, and so the moral element is constantly present. And this, this is a, an extremely morally charged topic. Sure. Yeah. And, but I think there, I think there are also um, unhelpful descriptions that were used in the past that are really fueling a lot of this, you know, again, like I said before, it's like, um, you know, we were talking, I was talking about the right stuff, the Mercury program. And I, I really did love that movie, Hidden Figures. You have these three black women who were in a field that most women weren't supposed mm-hmm. to be in. You know, you had one of the women who was an engineer. She yeah. wanted to be an engineer. And it's like, and you, have the, you have the race issue, but you also had the gender issue. Like right. women aren't supposed to be engineers. This is a man's position. This is a man's role. You had the other the other woman who was a mathematician, right? That's a man's like. So you just had these like certain, you know, uh, fields or and things that well, these were men's things, these were women's sure. things. Those were so unhelpful, right? You know, and uh, and I think that 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 wasn't that long ago. I mean, we're talking about the late fifties, early sixties, and that probably lasted several decades after that. Um, and I think a lot of those things just were so unhelpful. And I think you just see a lot of rejection of all that because, you know, you had women who are like, well, I can do that just as well as a man can. And then we take those, those beliefs and views and apply that, that that is like, that's God's view. <laughs> it's not God's view. I mean, right. there's nowhere in scripture that says that a woman can't be an engineer. Right. I mean, we even see in Proverbs 31 where the woman in Proverbs 31 is a salesperson. She's selling her – she's a businesswoman just like her man – her husband is. So it's like there is no restrictions in these type of things. And I think think too often the church has – and Christians have fallen into worldly definitions. And I think that's just what's happening. And sometimes Christians are defending stereotypical views of gender that actually aren't biblical. That's right. And I think that's probably making it harder – or making us seem as we're defending some high ground or defending something that's not worth defending. Right. It is another area where we have to think clearly yeah. and be careful uh, right. to not assume, well, this is how I see it working in the church. Therefore, this is how I ought to be working in secular government, right. for instance. You know, right. I, I, I'm sure both of us are admirers of Margaret Thatcher. Oh, absolutely. Who, who not only had every gifting... To lead Britain, yeah, but I believe it was there for that time. I mean, right. that God put her there yeah. in that time, right? Uh, and that, um, well, and also both of us believe that pastors ought to be men, right? Pastors of a church ought to be men. Uh, That's the one biblical restriction yes. that we see. I can't think of another one that, when it comes to professions or. You know, like, sure, there was never a female monarch, I believe, in Israel during the, the times of the Old Testament. But you had the Queen of Sheba who came and marveled at right. Solomon's temple. She's a woman who's right. the leader of her people. Uh, obviously, you have it. And so I think um, I think some of those things have not been helpful. Right. Um, and, um, and so it's funny. I, I, you know, my daughter, uh, you know, we, we talk. There's a book uh, about a girl who ran for, she wanted to run, she wanted to be president. She saw mm-hmm. all these presidents and says, where's the girls? Mm-hmm. Why has there never mm-hmm. been a girl president? And so this book called Gracie Wants to be President. And you read this mm-hmm. book, and I'm reading this to my daughter, because I'm like, 
There's nothing biblically that restricts her from being the president of the United States. There's nothing anti-biblical about that. Um, and uh, and I think that is that is okay. We should we should talk about those things. We should encourage our our women to to pursue fields like that and not be feel like that's a man's job and therefore can't do it and things like that. So, um, anyways, I I think that has not been all that helpful. Yeah, and that's that's a very helpful thing to say on this, that it is not as if there we have not had a golden age, folks. There's not been a golden age on this planet right. other than pre-fall. Right. <laughs> right. And we look forward to God bringing all things together in Christ to a golden age to come. We're not, we've not, we're not there now. We haven't been there. there. And, and so, um, and in fact, we, a part of the project here is to go, well, in the absence of a golden age, how do we have fair play? Right. How do we encourage people in what places, uh, what should we encourage people, and what uh, differences should we acknowledge are, are present? Right. And I was, I, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second, but I was going to say, like, I, I don't know if, I know that this has been an issue for me because I'm not, um, I like sports, but I don't like hunting, mm-hmm. and I don't like fishing. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't typically wear, you know, my, 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 Clothing of choice is not usually sweatpants and a t-shirt. Uh, I don't don't drive. Oh yeah, sweat. I mean you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. You like to dress up. More yeah, right? I like to dress up. Um, I can some. I, I can sometimes. Oh, there's a funny Seinfeld episode where uh, Jerry. Uh, people think Jerry's gay because he has a clean apartment and he wears nice clothes. Right, 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 right. And like there's that. And I think there's something. I mean Seinfeld is really great at using comedy to talk about the world. And yep. there's. I mean I'm. I typically like my things organized and, and cleaned and. And uh, I'm not typically all that messy, and there is a sense where, and I do like clothes. I like to talk about it. Uh, and my wife, who is doesn't like to talk about clothes all much, so 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 ginger stereotypes would go. Well, Matt, sure, you're sure. A- acting manly, sure, because you're like wanting to talk about clothes, right? And I think those things just aren't. They're not helpful. Mm-hmm. When and I think you hear it. You hear it in the church. You hear it in other places. Just be a man, yep. which would be. It's not. You're not talking about being um, what the Bible would define a man. You're saying you need to be what the world defines a man as. Right. Those. those yes. It's not and, helpful in this discussion right. at all. And, and that's certainly that's where the social construct stuff have gone right. awry. Yeah. And that's certainly something uh, to say at this point, which is uh, we are both Protestant. What is the yep. rule for faith and practice? It is the Bible, but it's right. nothing else. It's nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> we are not here to argue for. Uh, American uh, hypermasculinity, right. or right. you know, John Wayne is not our ideal. Exactly. Nor is uh, whoever you want to pick. Uh, right. The Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus exactly. Is, Jesus. Is, is, yeah. is the uh, we probably look best up to man that like, I know. We probably look up to men like C.S. Lewis, right? right? A man who spent a lot of his years reading books, right. uh, taking long walks, admiring the nature of. Right. Oxford and a lot of his biographies, he liked to walk and he liked he liked to be in nature. Bonhoeffer was another one of these people yeah. who loved to be out in nature mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Think descriptions that you're like, well, that's not very manly, right? And, and it's and like, well, actually, they were quite manly uh, at times, but they're just different, right? Right. <laughs> and so uh, at this point, he becomes uh, David Geary becomes very helpful because he has uh, three characteristic that he sa- characteristics that he says are shared among uh, women, mm-hmm. human women, and animal species, and males, human males, and the animal species, uh, in the sense of they relate to 
fundamental elements of what we do in our lives. Right. Uh, and so here's, here's what he says. First, for women. He says, women have, on average, more communal traits, communal traits than do men, as manifested by, and if, if you're wondering, well, what does he mean by communal? Though? So that's related to community, related to building and, mm-hmm. and maintaining community. And so he says, manifested by, one, selflessness, two, concern with others, and three, a desire to be at one with others. So connection, but then maintaining relationships and mending relationships. Right. Oneness. One. We talk about this in the church quite a bit about that uh, peace in the biblical sense is not just the absence of strife or right. problems with people. Peace is wholeness and oneness, connection, mm-hmm. where you are a part of one another. Mm-hmm. And this is what he identifies as what women tend to be, this is a tend to be, generalizations uh, is a part of what he's doing here and a part of what we're this doing This is very here. key. Yes. Tends to be. There right. are exceptions to the rule. That's right. So that's important word to use. So selflessness, concern with others, and a desire to be at one with others. You can think of this, another way visually to think about this is um, it will be on a bell curve so that the, the most selfless, uh, the ones with the highest concern with others, and the greatest desire for oneness uh, on the farthest end of the bell curve would be all women. Mm-hmm. Uh, because women, uh, we're going to talk about where men fall, and it's a, a different element that's going to shift them a different direction. And so th- I think that's helpful because another project we're all in the process of is what you were referencing a minute yeah. ago, which is putting together our own identity, uh, being surprised that, uh, you know, well, I, I, I didn't choose to like the things that I like or to you know, express things the way that I necessarily do. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's there. But I think that helps to think, so you're, you're somewhere on the curve. Right, right, uh, right. But you also are not able to just know the whole answer about what masculinity exactly is right. and what femininity exactly is. And so he's offering up uh, an idea Helpful, there. Yeah. Now then, men have, on average, more uh, agentic traits, he calls them, than do women. A- agentic. That, just see the word agency right. in there. I was very confused about yeah. that word at first. I don't think I've ever heard it before. But they relate to agency, and here's what he means by that. Uh, these traits are manifested by higher self-assertion, meaning desire to express themselves and to get what they want, mm-hmm. uh, self-expansion mm-hmm. to grow and influence mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, in, in stuff in, 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 in any way, expansion, you think about expansion, you get the idea of just space, of, yeah. Yeah. of buying land, right. and, and so, yeah. and then the third thing is uh, mm-hmm. the urge to master, uh, by which, uh, you know, I, I would think of anything from mastering the piano, mastering hunting, mastering uh, tasks. I, I think that relates to task-orientedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what he's saying uh, about men, uh, that in general, higher self-assertion, self-expansion. Self-expansion's funny. Because I think you master. see it with men because, you know, like, I like, to, I like cars. I like talking about cars. And my wife could care less about talking about cars. Right? What is a car? If a car is a self-expansion. Like, oh, yeah. You can, and what would have been like, well, I, well, again, I'm using stereotypes, but I like fast cars, right? 
or, or, or off-road cars, right? Yep. That gets to places that are uncharted or places that can get somewhere faster. You know, Seinfeld has a, that big, you know, why do we go to the moon to see if there's women up there, right? Right, yeah. And, and, then, <laughs> and then he talks about, but don't worry, we brought a car. We brought there's a car. no more male idea in the history of the yeah. world than just drive up to the drive moon. Drive around. Let's fly to the moon and just drive around. Drive around. So because it's uncharted, right? right. It's self-expansion. Right. And, and all these things are... We we would say oh, that's a waste of money, but no, you're self expanding. You're yep. you're uh, there's a lot. I think we all go back to space. Space is such a great example of of assertion, right? Mm-hmm. Why do it? Because it's it's uncharted. Right. Why go to the top of Everest? Because it's there. It yep. needs yep. to be conquered. Right. You know, like why go to the depths of the sea? Because it needs to be viewed and and uh, and conquered. And and that's a lot of you know. A conquest, a conquest in a positive way, or, or or progress, or going to something that's unknown or uncharted is is because you are distancing yourself from others. Mm-hmm. You're not doing the oneness. You're like saying, well, "I'm going to go expand. I'm going to discover. I'm going to go find." Right. Um, you can you can see the difference even within the way that human history has gone. Right. Right. Well, another kind of very easy sort of way to see these sorts of things shaping out uh, is one women become pregnant with children but two the nurturing impulse is much stronger in women uh, in in the sense of uh, if you have been around a woman who has recently had a child there are instincts about what to do with that child just for instance I, I can remember after our first child was born, and I experienced what is common for plenty of new fathers not knowing what to do a lot. I remember the night that I was asking her to explain to me how she could tell the difference between uh, an angry cry, just, I'm not happy that I'm laying here by myself, and a hungry cry. Uh, and and l- listening to her tell me how to differentiate those tones, I, I I hope I will not forget that. It's a, it's important. I mean, I thought about it for much of my life. It's like, wow, yeah, I guess I should be more, paying more attention sure. to tones of voice and how how people are behaving. Because if you That's can so read a unique. child, you know what I mean? <laughs> I go by time. Oh, it's been two hours. Uh, sure. eight. Sure. So that's probably fading. That? Usually I'm right, Just but it's all math. Yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah. not like, right. it's not feel. It's right. not, uh, that sounds like a, it's, yep. oh, it's been two hours. It has to be. Yeah, and I've talked to uh, a lot of men uh, about this, and and again, you know, look, this is this is an interpretation, but this is a lot of what I've heard is that uh, women have a more natural impulse, on average, in general, towards how to care for children, and and have to learn and have to develop what you're talking about, which is. A little bit of a science, yeah. you know. I'm look. I'm I'm changing this to just a timetable. Exactly. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna I, I, I don't have the yep. instinct or the to read. Right. You know this. I'm just. Cha- I'm changing it into math. Right. Because I'm not. I'm not looking to do that. Yeah. And so uh, the those gender difference. Uh, I think those very specific traits that he lays out are helpful to then move to some of the general uh, assessments that he makes. So he says uh, a core argument is that greater social status of men than women on average not only reinforces the communal and agentic roles of women and men respectively, but influences the emergence of associated sex differences through injunctive injunctive norms and social behaviors. 
It says, granted, gender role theorists acknowledge that many factors contribute to these sex differences, but the gist is that most of them are caused by adherence to injunctive norms. One problem, he says, with this argument is that sex-typed stereotypical behaviors are found across cultures, including those without any explicit descriptive or injunctive norms. Gender role theories can be contorted to account for these universal human sex differences, but no amount of contortion can wrap itself around these same sex differences in other species. Mm. Now, look, this is as a lot of words to say this. If you go around the world right. and you take this assumption right. that if we didn't socialize children to behave like what we think men and women are, they will turn out neutral. Uh, it's just not borne out right. by what you right. see around the world. Right. Uh, you and I uh, have talked a little bit about Scandinavia and how this idea, gender-neutral ne- gender play and gender-neutral neutr- gender sort of enforcement or at least expectation, has been present in Scandinavia mm-hmm. uh, for such a time. I mean, uh, 10, 15, 20 years, depending on where and what has it resulted in. Yeah, so I lived in Scandinavia for a year, and I didn't notice any differences uh of course i wasn't necessarily looking for them but it was it didn't hit me in the head it didn't like just force itself upon me and go oh wow there's something going on that's different here yeah um you know the conversations with men were the similar conversations with men that i had in the u.s you know maybe about the really different topics but uh and with women it was very similar you know i had friends that were men and women in scandinavia so um yeah, I, it's it's an interesting thing because what's being played out even there is not any different than what's being played out in the United States or Mexico or India or China or any of those places. There's different cultures, you know. Um, you know, there's different cultural expectations on men and women in different cultures, but at, but what's going on at a basic level is very 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 similar, you know. And so um, and then again, I don't. Again, most of the people that I was interacting with were my age. You're talking about in their mid mid twenties, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if I didn't interact with a lot of children. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that I uh, got to observe children um, all that much, if at, at all. Uh, so, so there you go. Right, and yeah. and what what we can say from uh, Scandinavia, for instance, is that you have a new question if you attempt to enforce gender neutral play which is what do you do if after you have attempted that boys end up wanting to play with stereotypical boy things and girls end up wanting to play with you know boys want to play uh war and girls want to play dolls just to make it more concrete than just saying um what do you do then and and in some cases what they're doing is they are then injunctively morally they are saying hey no 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 right you don't want to do that right and this is where we get to a level that I, th- I think a lot of people in this country maybe haven't thought about yet. What are you going to do if you thought, I'll make this all gender neutral, and then the desires of your child are for what, what to you is then stereotypical? Right. Um, for me, I, I, like you said, I, it's not as if uh, you know, I am pushing transformers on my boys. Right. Uh, they play with things of their own choice. Right. And there's a lot of play for kids. They have a lot of opportunities. So it's not as if it's not as if we're talking about um, one choice. These are thousands of choices that right. kids are making to play. Right. And if if this gender neutral issue were so prevalent as far as like we've been enforcing uh expectations so much 
you would begin to see things like, oh, wow, you know, they're now spending 90% of their time with uh, playing war versus 10% of the time with the dolls. Or in other places, you might see, wow, look at this. Now it's 50-50 because we have right. taken off uh, any sorts of, of barriers. Um, I think most of what play is, is kids taking it into themselves, taking these toys into themselves, and then interacting between what they have in their hands and what is inside of them. And most of what we do as parents is just go, all right, great, you're not sticking a fork in right. A, right. And you're, you're, <laughs> in an outlet, so right. I'm happy. I'm letting you have, do your thing. I didn't have a dark conversation with your mother. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in a while, so that kind of nice. But, yeah, like, the older they get, the more this gets kind of fleshed out. You, yes. you got... It, like Netflix is a great example. You've got a, a, a box or a system where you have oodles upon oodles upon oodles of, of TV shows mm-hmm. that kids can watch. And what does Lincoln want to watch? He wants to watch dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, more, more, more often than not, a dinosaur-related yep. show. Maggie, what does she want to watch? Some type of princess or some type of main lead as a female character yep. type stuff. It's and none of this stuff is like I'm kind of like okay well you know I you know we've I've kind of watched a little of these so it seems like they're, they're okay for you to watch um, it's not like we're policing all right you got to make sure you watch the Dino That's show right. and you make sure you watch the Princess show right. and I, I don't want any of this crossover stuff right come on and they are both exposed to both they're both exposed and, to both but they, oh yeah Maggie watches some of the stuff with him and she watches he watches some of her stuff but then when they're by themselves they want. They're in particular things. Right. Their preferences have been somewhat built on their own. Right. Um, and so, now I guess you can make the argument that when they were younger, we introduced, you know, dolls. But my, we gave Lincoln a doll. Right. And, like, right. he didn't take to it as much Maggie did. Right. So even, even yes, there, and, you go, and there you so go. And so there is not, um, there is this chicken and the egg of individualism and community you know look as as a christian um i believe in both right i mean i think that individuals live in communities and communities are comprised of individuals and there is interplay between them and that's how the world goes around um in in the church we expect oneness and so we have this this goal of connection and even a greater degree of um integration and and a greater degree of um care for each other um but again, we're working through all this in, in culture right now, and, and and I think the goal for today is just to give some uh, guidelines and even uh, even bars where you know be careful when you start getting to the point of saying no, you don't like what you think you like. Right. Uh, you know, are, are you doing anything different than the the patriarchal eighteen hundreds that force certain stereotypes? Right. Are you doing anything different, or you're just you're thinking you're doing it if like, oh, well, we're doing it to create this sense of gender equality, but what you're doing is you're forcing an outcome. Right. Because you want a certain outcome, but the child is not a part of this conversation. You're just forcing it upon it right. and saying, you're not smart enough or wise enough to pick what is right for you, so I'm going to do it for you. Like, yeah. how is that any different? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there, there is uh, that element there. Um, so to close this section, uh, He says, as with humans, males are more agentic in the vast majority of species due to the demands of competition with other males to obtain the status or resources needed to attract mates or to meet the mating demands of females. 
Uh, when offspring need parenting, females are typically the ones to provide it. This inherently communal suite of behaviors is perforce different in female and male mammals and is well documented in primates. Typical um, is a great word. <laughs> I like how he uses that often. Because people could hear that and go, well, what about, but what about this? I was like, yep. well, typically, yep. this is how it works. Yep. Uh, the argument that sex differences are largely the result of injunctive norms has wide appeal because such theories create the illusion of control, create an illusion of control, and are more politically palatable than a substantive biological contribution to them. Why is this idea at the forefront right now? It, the idea that we have made up, basically, just to, to kind of really state directly, uh, the idea that we have made up gender differences suits the political and moral agenda that we as Americans in a lot of ways have ended up with. We are so individualistic, charting our own course, that we've arrived at this point of going, here's the new frontier, can we chart this course? And look, uh, one thing that we're saying is no. <laughs> you, you can't chart your own course as far as gender. Uh, God has charted that for you. And even you say, okay, I, I don't believe in God. We're also saying... Look, for your flourishing, I, I believe that the person who loves you the most in your life is the one who tells you the most truth. Right. I just don't think it's going to be good for you right. to try to alter things that you can't alter. I think it'll just be frustrating, like beating your head against a wall. Yeah. And so that, uh, if your choice is to go away and say, I don't, I don't like this and I don't want to believe this, you know, that, look, okay, but I, I really believe this is for the glory of God and the good of people both. Sure. And, and, and that's just where this issue uh, falls in this regard. He's saying, how have we gotten here as far as believing that it's all based in sociology, based in culture? Uh, because we want to. We have, as a culture, we have wanted to believe we can change anything we desire sure. to change. Um, and and uh, he says we're ignoring base evidence. And I think this part, uh, not to move too quickly and if you want to move back that's fine but um i think this just you talk about what he talks about here and mentioning european countries and the devils and the details and but i like how i think this there is a certain like where, where is this all where did this all what's the core of all this and yep. this is i think this is really key um the focus is typically on equality of opportunity opportunity but it's often more into equality of outcomes such as equal number of men and women as college professors it seems like yeah, it's interesting. I I, I didn't. Uh, I don't really have a huge opinion about this, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, when they changed the and uh, the Academy Awards, uh, where they're no longer actresses, they're female actors, um, and so actresses didn't maybe when they didn't want to be referred to as actresses. They right. saw that it was as substandard <laughs> to actor. They want to be called female actors. And yeah. female. I thought that was an interesting. That was an interesting debate because I never thought of an actress as less than an actor. I just right. thought it was the female word for right. actor. Right. But even that in of itself is like this idea that, well, by that you're saying there's inequality and we're not as important right. because we have a different term. Yeah. Um, and so like, and I think there's a sense where you even see with like a lot of, a lot of movie storylines where like. And you, this is in your kind of wheelhouse because I know that they're coming up with a Thor movie, but Thor is now female, right? The new Thor is yeah, Natalie Portman, from what I understand, right. is going to be yeah a female Thor, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a sense where I think that's where this is all like part of. It's like 
there needs to be equal opportunities. There needs to be a male superhero, Superman and a female Superman. Like there needs to be equality on both ends, and and so therefore let's force this in the within the children to say, you know, you can be, um, you know, you can be whatever a man can be, um, or you boys can be whatever a girl can be. Like if you want to be into ball- ballet dancing and makeup and things like that. If that's who you want to be, then that's great and great. If you want to be a football player and you want to play quarterback for the 49ers, well, then you, we're going to like raise you that way or whatever right. it is. And it's that sense of, like, well, equal opportunities is kind of the, the main force here. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's helpful um, to have that as a, as a, a goal, to say, well, we have to have equal amount of college professors that are female and, and right. male. I think again, we're it goes back even to the race issue where we're trying to we're trying to fix everything right. with with opportunities yep. and um, trying to just kind of like um, force this upon you know these different sectors. But instead, people are not being evaluated by just their merit yep. and by their talent. And what comes, what they actually create with their hands, that has nothing to do with the color of your skin, or what sex gender you have, or what sex organs you have, right? What you write on a piece of paper, what you paint on a canvas, what you shoot through a camera has nothing to do with your gender. And um, I, I think we need to come to a point where we can. And I know that in actually in the in the music world, I'm not sure if you know this, but they 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 were doing this this thing where. Uh, they were stereotypically, if there was a, a man playing a trumpet and a female playing a trumpet, more often than not, they would pick the male, male who played the trumpet because it was seen that's more of a male instrument. They would mm-hmm. reject the female, even if the female was better. Mm-hmm. So what they ended up doing to get rid of the biasness, they would play, they would make people play, uh, do their trials behind a screen sure. so they couldn't see it. Sure. Things like that. Like, sure. where we're, who cares if it's a male or female? They play the trumpet well. That should be all that we care about. Right. I think what has happened is, um, one, we want fair play, but two, the knee-jerk is to go and to assume, let's just assume everybody's the same and that all giftings and abilities are the same, so then we can just have these same expectations. That just doesn't turn out to be the case. Uh, Justice is higher than fairness. It is not just to expect everyone to equally be uh, a good trumpet player. Right. Uh, it, is not, it is not just. People have differences, and this is one of those differences. And, in fact, these differences do uh, contribute uh, in, in, to outcomes as far as uh, skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only skills, desires. You and I have both known. I mean, one of the curious things in my life, I've run into people who are good singers. And I said, wow, why don't you sing more often? They've told me, I don't care about it. I'm not into it. Wow. And it's one of these peculiar things that, I mean, you've, you and I have known people who have to do public speaking on certain, you know, like a, a, a random occasion, do a pretty good job, and you go, wow, you don't hardly ever do that, right? No, I don't. Well, you're way above average, you know. You right. Might, you, this might be something that you do more often, and they just kind of go, yeah, I don't really care about it. I don't like it. Don't yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not that into it. And that happens, and we have to account for that. Sure. And so uh, that's a part of what is going on here. And, and this element, the last element of the papers, is about things to prepare yourself for about children's play, about, look, uh, 
how are we going to treat our kids if there are differences? And if, if we are, uh, the goal of society is to create boundaries sure. by which to say, look, within this boundary here, flourish. Yeah. But then we, we have to have, everybody believes in guidelines as far as, look, it's not flourishing to attack other people physically. Right. That is harmful to flourishing. Okay, then we don't allow that. And then it gets instantiated into law, and that's why those laws are there. And so uh, we're, we're sorting through those things right now. And some of the things that we are experiencing, we just can't assume some of what we have assumed. For instance, you can't just assume everybody's the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody will yeah. have the same abilities. Yeah. Everybody will be able to do right. the same things and have the same Highs, same lows, same, same right. It's, it's just not the case. And, 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 and again, don't don't hear this saying that a woman shouldn't run for president and be the president. Uh, I think that again, that's sh- I think that's if she's qualified, um, if she proves herself to be a quality candidate, then therefore sh- she right. should be voted upon. If that's what you if you agree with her policies, if a girl, if a woman wants to love sports and she loves football, she loves football. Um, her dad, for whatever reason, she loves football, and she wants to be a coach. She wants to coach. There are f- female coaches in the NFL. Like they are assistants. That's yep. great. Right. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, does that mean that we should create equal e- – we should have five women on a coaching staff and five men on a coaching staff to create – no, I don't think that's right. helpful. It, it limits, as this article says, it limits growth of men – into those fields if you restrict it to certain sure. genders based off just gender equality and yeah. not based off they're qualified, they we want to hire them or we want to hire them and they're qualified. So right. we need to be – I think we need to be careful not to just fix these issues, all these stereotypical issues in the past by just creating equal opportunity, you know, by saying, well, you know – there's the same amount of here, the same amount of here. I just think it. That, so the, uh, it, that's equality of outcomes, and that's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. You are forcing a square peg into a round hole, and that's that's uh, harmful to everyone involved. I think. Right. You end up with more people in professions they may not particularly enjoy being in, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, which means the job is not done as well, and mm-hmm. it, it just seems problematic. Um, there, the, meanwhile, there are pushes for this. So one thing that he sources, would you do me a big favor in uh, this reference here, number 17 specifically? I actually did not print that out. I'd like to point to that. It's, you'll have to look at it at your phone or something. Oh, sure. Um, one way to achieve this vision, he says, according to gender, uh, gender egalitarians, is to disrupt the development of sex-typed behaviors and beliefs when children are young, often as soon as they begin some type of formal schooling. Uh, kindergarten teachers, quote, must continually uh, analyze their own actions so that stereotypical gender roles can be counteracted in order to break ongoing gender role practices and thereby facilitate change within education. And so that's reference 17, uh, which you'll find. And so he, he says, in effect, the goal is to change descriptive and injunctive norms such that boys and girls and men and women will eventually become psychologically, socially, and behaviorally indistinguishable. And that, is, that sounds like a dystopia. That, that sounds dangerous. It sounds like you are not, you're beyond indoctrinating people. You are attempting to change physiology. And now that we do know something about hormones, about some of the inner workings of people, 
that that is a future I don't want to live in, and one that is possible. Sure. That is one that right now we we can do some things to kind of twist our present to go towards that future. I don't want to live in that future yeah. where we where we are uh, attempting to psychologically, socially, and behaviorally change men who look a little too stereotypically masculine. Yeah. Uh, that that sounds like a terrible place to live. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know that, you know, the, the big, I don't know if you remember the Jeanette commercial a year or so, a few years ago, it talked about, like, you know, uh, they what was viewed as negative masculinity. Um, and uh, there was a lot of people that had a problem with the ad. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't have a... Oh, Gillette. Yeah, Gillette. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't have a horrible major issue with the, with the ad, per se. But... Um, you know, I, I, I think there. One of the problems, you know, a lot of the problems is is that most most boys are raised by women. You know, and a lot of the issues is is we've talked about this a lot. There's not enough masculine, like fatherhood in the home that is helping to raise children. So it's not. I don't think children need less masculinity in the home. Yeah. Seems like they need more of it. Um, and I think there needs to be a balance between how children are, are raised where, yes, you have the nurturing of a mother and you have the care that a mother provides, but you also have the, the, the father in the home that is, that is training a child to be uh, assertive and training right. him to be um, one who is responsible, uh, training him to be a gentleman, right. to, to care for women. Um, and uh, both of those are very much needed. Um, and it's right. not like boys need more women to be better boys. Right. It doesn't seem like that's actually the what's happening. It seems like the issue, it seems like there's not enough boys that have enough men right. in their lives. Right. I mean, uh, one thing, uh, the, the, the absence of, uh, of men in homes, I think, has contributed to a, a, the enormous lag in young men finding jobs now asserting that men work differently than women men work for goals immediate goals Uh, women often can work for more communal reason to help the whole group it requires maturity from a man to work just to support and help other people Uh, so for instance what you just said in, in my mind one of the things is a man in the home helps a young boy to learn you work for these goals apply your self-assertion to support yourself and other people and develop that maturity it requires maturity and something that is presently lacking in in this society in general right Uh, it it, it, and and it can be probably directly attributed to this issue of of fatherless homes in a lot of ways it it takes plenty of discipline for a young man a, a grown man to get to that point because men tend especially in in a less mature fallen state to just look out for number one which is why one of the things that is is sort of in the background of this is that our education system is presently uh, one anybody who's been on a college campus in general every college campus has more women quite a bit more women than men Uh, women tend to flourish more in our current setting they do but also you can say directly for men the 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 payoffs for doing papers, writing papers, reading books, 
there are very, very few immediate payoffs. Right. And, I, and believe me, a grade does not typically encourage or satisfy right. a young man. Those, those are not his base interests. No, no. Um, it, it, that communal setting does not interest a lot of young men. No. And especially there is a generation of young men right now who are looking around going, I went to high school, I, I struggled through that. Everybody told me to go to college. I went to college. I got this degree in, uh, you know, liberal arts or yeah. in, you know, in sociology. Uh, you know, something where the, when I graduated with a bachelor's, they said, well, now you can go get a master's, and they were just done. Right. Uh, they, their job did not reach an outcome, which they felt they had at least been told there will be an outcome somewhere along the way. And uh, the inner steam wore off, and now they're just frustrated. Yeah. Okay, look, we, this is a lack of understanding of how men work. And yes, part of this is we've undervalued physical manual labor. Right. Where yeah, very much so. a lot of men direct outcomes. You, you are paid according to your skill in mm-hmm. a lot of these. And that's a very male yeah. sort of idea. Very much so. Uh, and, and so there, there's all this. There's another. There's a bunch of other conversations on the side. Um, but that is all presently happening. And, and until we really do this this issue deserves our full-faced attention and to take in uh, all of this to go what are we going to do to serve everyone better uh to to serve everyone as well as we can in the sense of what is good for the flourishing of the most people right uh we have to look at this and issue we, we have to deal with this issue with discipleship how do we disciple men how yes. do we disciple women um Sometimes putting men into a Bible study setting isn't the, the most productive or effective way to uh, affect change and growth in men. Sometimes, you know, giving them a, a task or giving them uh, responsibility or leadership typically is how they flourish, right? Yep. Giving them a challenge that they have to overcome. Uh, they typically grow, grow more and where women typically do better with uh, being able to interact with other women and, and a more communal aspect, right? Yeah. We're all trying to figure out the, right. the secret formula right. to grow men and women or to even disciple young boys and young right. girls in, in Christ. And one size does not fit all in yeah. a, lot of, a lot of these things. And uh, we can almost fall into the same trap that, you know, public education has with boys and right. say, just sit quietly, color, do a craft, um, you know, uh, watch this video, uh, listen to the story, and we wonder why children, boys don't learn the Bible. Because we tr- almost apply the same thing that the school right. system's doing That's to right. our actual Sunday school That's classes, right. and we wonder why kids aren't, boys aren't growing, or why they don't love Jesus, or right. why do girls love Jesus more than boys? Yep. Maybe it's because our discipleship strategies right. are so female-centric. Maybe our churches are so female-centric. Well, I mean, even that, I, I, I feel that plenty of the time we're we're leaving the basic human impulse we are doers people yeah. a lot of people especially are more geared to doing than just to listening and right. thinking and we are serving our thinkers in a lot of ways Very but same. to the detriment of our uh, yeah. doers well let me fast forward a lot of what he says in the rest of this uh, section related to children's play is basically uh, watch out as you enforce what is common in a lot of the western world especially which is expectation of gendered uh, similarity, expectations of actually gender neutrality, that there really are no fundamental differences. That uh, If you bring that, you will find it. If you brought that expectation, you better decide how far you're willing to enforce it. But then at least, he, he seems to be saying, 
please pay attention as you try to force this. There's a lot of resistance that's going to come from children because there is much in them that is basic to them mm-hmm. that will push against that. It's, it's just not, it's not how we were made, is, is, is my assessment. And so that is what it is. Yeah. Life will find a way, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to say this in, in closing. Um, wherever you, however you sort through this, please work toward objectivity. I, I hope that's a goal of mine is to take data. Uh, I, I do want to get beyond this basic element that I talked about. Just I, I see what I want to see. You know, we all have biases, but um, the function of other people in our lives is, one, you establish trust with people so that then, two, you can listen to them. Right. When your biases and, and your view of the world has failed you, other people can come along and say, one, I'll help you right now, but two, let me help you to see the world a little differently. Right. Let me help you see what's going on there because we all have blind spots. Yeah. We all have blind spots. And so... Uh, and our knowledge base in the universe is so so small. Right. And yet we're, we sometimes argue that one speck as being the the inclusive viewpoint of this universe that is so unknown to right. us. There's so many aspects of the world that we just are not experts and we do not know. Uh, and the more you study, the more you read articles like this and objective things to realize how you just don't know everything. And right. sometimes we're running really, really fast with your assertions and your, but yet you're running with a speck of knowledge and that's you try to expand that the most you can yep. because it's important if you try to flourish as a human in this universe. Right. Um, second thing, if, if you are a person who is struggling uh, with, struggling especially um, in, in, a, in a very kind of emotionally harmful way with identity, look, uh, this is not, this whole discussion has not been here to make you feel worse about yourself. Uh, this is something I want to help anybody I can in any way. Uh, I, I do believe that the truth is objective and that that, mm-hmm. that identity is objective in that it is found in God and that it is out there and you can go after it. But a part of finding your identity, uh, I mean, this is for me. I, I remember early on the struggle that some of the ideas that, that I really found in God, I didn't particularly like mm. some of what I was. I grew up in a small town where... The only way to get ahead is to be big, uh, a big football player, say, for instance. Right. I'm not that. Right. And I didn't like that. I wanted to be able to just remake anything and everything about myself. And that's just a small example of how um, we, we cannot remake ourselves at will. Uh, we all have things about ourselves that we just have to accept. Sure. Um, but but, but all, all this to say, look, uh, if you are struggling with gender identity, find people in your life you can trust. Talk it through. It will take some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then walk together. You need, we yeah. need other people. We need yeah. other people. Uh, and find people who want your good and who are willing to work towards it. And I think pe- make people, if they have, if, if, they, if they say something, it's, this is what a man is, this is what a woman is, and they don't have book, chapter, verse, like, make them, make them explain it biblically. Because, again, I think sometimes we, are, we press upon people these expectations that are not biblical, mm-hmm. they're from yeah. culture, yes. that's from true. the world. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's not from God. Right. And yet what ends up happening is is that it comes from a Christian voice, and so you equate it with God. Right. It's not God. That's right. God that's speaks right. through his word. That's he doesn't right. speak through Christian idea Christian opinion. Right. God is clear, he is he is he is true, his words necessary and authoritative, but it's clear. It's not complicated. It's right. quite clear. We tend to make things more complicated because right. we're sinful and we're fallen. Right. And so don't equate the two. 
make people go, I like NASCAR. Well, that's against God. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> it's not. Right. You know, a female can like NASCAR. They can right. like cars. They can right. like mechanical things. It's right. not right. against the Bible. Right. So. Right. Um, and then the, the, the assertion about this, this is, this is the, the kind of final point I want to say, is that I do believe we can build a better world together by acknowledging and working with gender differences. This is a part of who we are. Right. And uh, a comparison that came to my mind is um, you could think of masculinity and femininity as like uh, one is uh, building with metal versus building with wood. Look, you need to know your material and what, is, what it's made of and expect it to behave differently if you're building. And we all are building a society together. Right. It's just that uh, I think one of, the, one of the summaries of the American story right now is, wow, pluralism is way harder than we expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, sharing life together uh, when we disagree about fundamental issues is much more difficult than yeah. we had originally. Communism is a lot easier when you're forcing certain viewpoints or fascism is a lot easier when you're forcing certain parameters. But when you have a society where you, you're trying to create a, a, a free market of ideas... And for that, that free market of ideas to be done civil is not easy. Right, right. Because you want to force certain... Uh, well, if you've enjoyed this episode, I want to say uh, thank Teddy uh, Castro, who's very upset right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> After regards to this article, as I listened to him from afar, and so, yes. So that, yeah, that means our time is up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Empires of the Future. Yes, and we'll see you in the future.